snap photos from the pit, documented musical stories, thrashed in the crowd, and raged from the back. We are South Sisters! Welcome to another episode of the Sound Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Randall. I'm here with my lovely ladies. Say hello, ladies. Hey, it's Angela Rose Red. Come here. Chaos. On this episode, we're going to be talking to Mike Kubilos, who owns and operates Earshot Media. Earshot Media is an independent music slash lifestyle PR and web marketing company that was founded in 1997. The firm has helped with campaigns for Avenge Sevenfold, Authority Zero, Pennywise, Real Big Fish, the Venomous Pinks, and even big events like the Vans Warp Tour, Taste of Chaos, It's Not Dead Fest, and Punk Rock Bowling, and many more. But before we bring him in, let's go around the room. Angela, what's going on with you? I had the most life-changing past couple weeks, and I have you two to thank for it, you and your significant others. So um, I turned 40, as we talked about in our last episode, and I've Made the decision to embrace it because aging truly is a gift. But um, we started out in Pine Top, had an amazing time. I'm going to try to keep this really short because there was a lot that's happened. Um, just amazing time with like friends and just being out in the wilderness. And then randomly for the first time in my life, went on a trip not knowing my destination and just simply photographing as I go through it. So we went on Route 66 for a little bit and uh, stopped. And I, by the time I came back and photographing abandoned buildings, photographing just anything I saw along the way, I filled like over a thousand um, worth of a memory card. So I have like so many photos to go through. So it was just like simply inspirational, amazing. And of course, we quarantined and tested when we got back. So took all the precautions, thankfully. Um, then I also wrote a song with my husband. Yeah, Aww. did a little <laughs> bit of that. That So I don't know. It's just been incredibly, incredibly just productive. I guess the thing that I want to ta- everyone to take away from this is that I'm going to be transparent. I, a couple weeks, maybe a month before then, I wasn't doing the best mentally. I was having a lot of struggles, a lot of depression. And luckily through family and friends support, and then also just being honest with myself and truly focusing on the good, even when I didn't feel good, was able to pull out of it and I'm on the other side. So, you know, it's not a permanent thing. You know, I struggle with mental health, just like a lot of people do. And I think we need to regulate, regulate, make it more regularly out there. And so I just want to say how exciting it is more so not all the great things that I did, which I'm grateful for, but just seeing on the other side. You know, just for all those out there that are listening, if you struggle or feel lonely at times, our DMs are always open. We're here. We don't claim to be experts, but we're always here to lend a friendly, friendly ear. A hundred percent. Yeah. We will reply to you. (laughs) (laughs) I will reply to you. DM me. Yeah. Yeah. Gabby, what's going on with you? Uh, Well, I'll keep it pretty short. Today, I decided that on May 14th, I'll release my single. (laughs) I was doing I was trying to do like a TikTok promotion kind of thing and I was like let's pick a Friday in May (laughs) that's what I stuck with so my new single called Mystery will be out on May 14th on all platforms I don't know about the music video because I still have to edit it but at least the song will be out so that's what I've been up to I'm so excited (laughs) that's so huge just like previous episodes like it's like just fucking put it out man like I'm just tired of it, it's been sitting in my computer for like three months. So 
Might as well just put it out. Fuck it. What about you, Drea? <laughs> <laughs> I totally just read that sentence. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Great advice. That's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about me? Um. <laughs> How do I top that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, we did. We had the live stream, and that was exciting. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, yeah. It, yes. it, it it honestly felt like we were at, we we hadn't played together since August, like in that kind of setting. Yeah, and it was it felt great, and you know, hanging out with you and you, Angela, you come in and like taking pictures, and like oh. we had a little mini photo shoot, like. Like again, it just kind of felt like there was some normalcy yeah. to to our day and like our life. And uh, dude, I I Monday like I was hurting, and it, you know it's not from like drinking or anything like that. I was just my body is like out of shape from shows. Yeah, yeah. To say and you like, were just standing. I was too, just ducking down and fo- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so. you did have like the full experience because you slept in the in a airbed the night that's before. right oh, yeah you guys <laughs> had a little venomous yeah. peak sleepover with Kaz. Like, i did have like the full like yeah. touring experience because like the, yeah. the night before nice. i slept in an air mattress yeah. and like that's yeah. not always comfortable like on the road and then yeah. totally but uh it was great if you didn't catch it go to youtube and check it out it's up there on the carter drive sessions channel make sure you smash the subscribe button on their channel and while you're over there go to the venomous pinks yeah, and the Sound Sisters. Woo, yeah. We actually do have a YouTube channel, so <laughs> just so you know, videos to come. <laughs> <laughs> Not only can you hear the ridiculousness, you can see it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> no, but no, I have to say, it was going back. It was amazing watching you guys play live. It's. It always feels like there's never enough time, though, like mm-hmm. together. Yeah. But sooner, sooner or later, you know, we'll be, we'll all be back together and like on the road. Who knows? Yes. yes. Right. Who's truck mom is this? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you like that? I did. <laughs> I, I was acting like a truck mom. I'll always be your drunk mom. You totally. So I wasn't even drunk. I, I know. Just, I was so excited. <laughs> just like, but I mean, I've, I've been pretty transparent of how. Yeah. There's a part of me that is scared now to, to, I'm an extroverted person and I can be transparent and say that I'm kind of scared for things to open up a little bit. Cause now it's like my social anxiety, but I'm telling you after like seeing you guys play, having the mask on, being apart from people, but still being there, it, it can be done. So those that are struggling with that too, just, just keep, keep believing, keep holding on. Right. Drea. Gotta hold on. Gotta hold on <laughs> for one more day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the round table discussion. And since Mike it runs his own personal PR and media outlet, you know, we all come from DIY ethics. We've been there. We've had to hustle, push it out, push your product out when nobody knows you. So let's get into it. What are the best DIY practices that you you've experienced or you've gone through and what got you through that as your own photographer and band and, you know, pushing your, your product out there. Angela, you want to kick us off? 
Yeah. So I was really fortunate because I kind of honed in early on that I really wanted to be creative when it came to music. So when it was, you know, taking photos or documenting or even writing for a band. And so I just reached out to different friends and bands, you guys being one of the main people. Um, so I could have different opportunities because that was just simply something that I loved doing because I felt like the most re- biggest reflection of who I was as a person. And so I was fortunate enough that that because I put myself out there, I started small, then got big as far as different bands go and switching things up and even going through different publications, I just realized, Hey, this is what I want to do for a living. So then I made steps to doing that. But what was great about it was, is really putting yourself out there and networking and also just reading other people's copy, right? If you're coming from the communication aspects of PR And then also looking at other people's social media and their best practices, not to necessarily copy other people's stuff, but just to learn what some best practices are and also doing freaking research. You know, we live in this age now that you can research everything's at our fingertips that we could really, really figure it out. So now it's just about thinking about how it's a pure reflection of who you are as a band or who you are writing for. So the more you do just come from a place of yes. So that's, that's kind of where I started from. Yeah. I had some success that way. I'm just fortunate. I made great friends along the way too. (laughs) So it was a win-win for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, so I just kind of remember from like the might all days or whatever, a lot of that hustling was just, you know, my space was like big back then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I used to like really just pay attention on who was kind of releasing like music reviews or like featuring bands at the time, like on their website or whatever. And I would, like you just said, like I would pay attention to bands that were way bigger than mine and see like who was publishing articles about them Mm -hmm. or who was reviewing their music and more like, nine out of 10 times the websites are going to have like a submission button to, you know, send your product out there. So whether you get, you get reviewed or not, like that's the point is to like, at least try and just kind of push that DIY ethic. Like I always say the worst thing, you know, the worst thing is they can say no. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, like you got to take risk and put yourself out there. So definitely, you know, pay attention to what bands that you love that are bigger. What are they doing? Who's putting them out? And, you know, just try to get your foot through the door that way. Just from my personal experience, you know, and this goes back to like freaking my space days. So it's come a long way. So, I mean, to be honest, you reached out to me once. I mean, I was doing photo photos for you for a long time and then just submitting articles with AZ Chaos, but it wasn't until, I don't know, past two, three years that you started asking me to do press releases. Mm-hmm. And so that was a different skill that I'm so glad that I kind of got thrown into. And I didn't even realize it, that these press release opportunities, that's what all these publications use to print. And it was like yeah. the coolest yeah. thing. I've, I've seen Earshot Media use my press releases and I geek out every time. Yeah. But I'm going to try like, to keep that inside during our interview. And, and <laughs> yeah. Like every like press release that Mike yeah. has gone us in every like thing that you've written for every single in the last 2020 
they're on some like major outlets out yeah. there. Yeah. And also pay attention to when they edit your copy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I'm really excited. It's always kind of like a win when you're like, yes, it wasn't edited. Yeah. That means it was right on, on point, yeah. but still be humble with that. Right. Because it's hard to tell a story and do an elevator pitch in a copy format in just a small, short section of, of, you know, you got to get it out there. So read, 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 read. Yeah. And find your own voice within that. Yeah. I'm going to need you to do a PR press for my single thing. I got you, girl. <laughs> so, this is out of the subject, but it's still in the subject of like press. So like I hit up alternative press for like their promotion stuff. And then like we started a conversation and then I, I totally pitched myself like, I was kind of drunk and I just like pitched myself <laughs> Nice. and then they came back with, uh, send us your song and we'll see what we can do to like promote it. And like, so now they want to listen to it and before they haven't given me prices yet, but like, that's you awesome. You just gotta ask, like, that's all you have right. to do for press, but that was pretty funny. Well, I think you also covered <laughs> an important, important topic when you're, you can get along with mm-hmm. being humble and then also having that human aspect and that yeah. connection to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so we all shoot, do shoot your shot. That's all you can do. Yeah. <laughs> shoot your shot. So we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Mike from Earshot Media right here on the Sound Sister Podcast. <laughs> Since I see your face 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, welcome to the Sound Sister Podcast, all the way from California, Mike Kubias. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it going, dude? It's good. I'm, I'm, you know, feeling good. Things seem to be headed in the right direction, COVID-wise. Yeah. Seems like shows are sort of starting to get announced and, um, you know, I'm about to get a vaccination, which is good. I don't know if you guys have, but yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's been a weird year. That's for sure. I know for you guys too, but you guys have been keeping busy. So that's good. Stuff like this is like great that you guys have been doing this. Yeah. It's it. I mean, you were, you were there for 2020 with us and like, yep. we just, you know, we, we worked through it and, you know, we couldn't tour, but we still were, you know, quote working and yeah, the singles out there. So when was your last official show before? Like, Oh, it was it was the Bernie Sanders rally. Was it? I was going to ask about that. Yeah. yeah. What a way to go out. That's my <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Plus his mittens. Were we texting Love that Mike? I, like, yeah, I like I emailed like, Mike. Mike. I was like, um, so we're opening for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> it's cash. I know, that was that, no. and you're like, is this newsworthy or something? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, he was like, um, so do you funny. want me to push this to my contacts out there? I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was that was huge. Yeah. Have you guys like after that, did you get called on to do like a lot of other like political type of rallies or anything like that or has that always been kind of what you know what you guys are all about no because i think it was just like co- like covid yeah, happened COVID, yeah. and then can we stop and appreciate how the journalist is asking you guys <laughs> questions i mean so really quickly just a little bit we always joke we always say that they're the sound and i'm the sister of it i go yes on, i go on tour with them and i I'm music, journalism, photographer, all that good stuff. So I'm back here loving life because when I go on tour with them, I'm not even on episode or air, but I do the same shit, dude. I just naturally (laughs) ask people questions. Let's go. Let me tell you your story. Hey, hey, random old man at the bar. Let's talk about (laughs) it. You know, it's just how we roll. But yeah. I'm kind of like that too. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird. Us in communication and PR, we like to like talk and ask people questions about their life. It's so great. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that actually leads to, you know, one of my main questions is like how you got into earshot media and yeah. how you kickstarted everything. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your story. I'm just really excited to hear about it. She's fangirling. Over I am. You. I'm kind nice, of fangirling nice. a little do bit. Do you do PR too? Or do you do, are you a writer, just like a music writer, journalist? Um, well, I'm actually a communication manager for um, a university, a local university. So that's what, so I do, you know, video editing and mass yeah. communications. But then on the side, that's how Gabby and I became friends. I, I used to write and cover and photograph on AZ Chaos, and I actually do these guys' press releases. So you have awesome. published my words. <laughs> oh, nice! Which is super exciting. That's and, awesome. I and, feel like we probably worked together then in the yeah, past. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And plus, I've I've contributed to to New Noise magazine. So yeah. Okay. I think like I got one of your albums once and I was like, oh, cool. I, I get this album for free. And then now I'm just like, get all the things. And I'm right. like, this is fucking amazing. And I'm just oh. not going to tell anybody so I can keep doing this. Yes. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, I, 
I kind of bounced around in college about what I wanted to do. I was originally wanted to do radio, like something in radio or television, film, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought about like advertising. I, I always like to write. So the idea of being like a copywriter and coming up with like cool slogans and, you know, different ad campaigns, that always seemed kind of cool to me. Um, but in my senior year of college, I had to do a um, internship. And so I just remember thinking, man, you know, I'm super into music and I was always reading about the industry and kind of reading all the blogs, uh, not blogs, there were no blogs back then, but like zines and yeah. you know, alternative weeklies and, you know, LA Weekly and BAM and, the, you know, I'm older than you guys. I don't know if you remember print media, but. Oh, no, no. I, I, I love print media. I still do <laughs> yeah. a, a zine on the side with some friends. I love print media. Sorry. Yeah. No. So I, you know, I started interning at a couple different record companies and from there it just sort of became like my thing. And I, I just kind of naturally fell into it. I ended up, you know, doing a few different internships for a few different record companies. And then I got hired right out of college. So that was cool. Um, and, you know, I kind of bounced around between a few different departments and ended up in PR and that kind of was like the perfect mix of like being able to write, being able to talk on the phone about music, you know, back when we talked on the phone um, and, you know, hanging out with the artists and really kind of, you know, dealing with them one-on-one -on -one directly to kind of help, you know, figure out how we were going to pitch things and, you know, just really sort of being that liaison between the artists and the label and the media. So that, that sort of became my thing. And, um, I just kind of fell into publicity that way, sort of. And um, after doing the label thing for a while, I, I was at a couple major labels and some smaller like indie labels that were affiliated with major labels. Um, and then I got laid off. I was at Mercury Records. And um, at that point, I'd been through kind of the rounds of, you know, being at big labels and then a new regime comes in and a ton of people get laid off. And it just felt very like uncertain and I was just kind of over the corporate, you know, all that corporate crap. So it really was kind of the push I needed to just go out on my own. And I don't think I ever would have done it had I not gotten um, laid off. So, you know, I remember the first, you know, probably year of me going independent, everyone was like, man, I heard about a great, you know, a labeled gig or whatever. And like people kind of thought I was just doing this sort of as like a, you know, interim thing while I found another gig. And I'm like, no, I, I like, I love being independent. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. I, I got really busy and I kind of was able to build Earshot into kind of a thing that, you know, people, rather than having to like go after work all the time, people started coming to me. Um, and I was kind of right there when, I don't know, a lot of the like my first client was Mojo Records back in the day, which had like Goldfinger and Real Big Fish. And um, so it was when things like Blink were happening, you know, Blink-182 just came out and um, that whole kind of pop punk thing. Um, so that really, I was kind of in the right place at the right time. And I naturally was kind of into that stuff. I'm a, I'm a SoCal kid. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of it. That's sort of how Earshot got started. From, from that, I just was able to, you know, get take other clients and um, sort of become kind of synonymous with, I guess, that whole like Warped Tour scene uh, for better or for worse, you know. Uh, but I've been able to kind of segue out of that too. You know, I work like singer-songwriter stuff and uh, 
you know, world music and indie rock and emo and, you know, hardcore and metal and all that. So uh, it's fun. Like I get to kind of work all genres. So I guess that's the long way to say how I ended up doing this. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so do you have like, a, so, I mean, it's really inspirational because it's your, your full-time gig. I know we had a round table topic before we brought you in and we were just talking about different ways each one of us has interact with PR because of course, before they worked with you yeah, and Gabby has done their own PR. And for me, I had to really just, I, I read up on your DIY story and I, I did a lot of the same thing too, just reaching out to bands, big and small and all in between and just putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like now that I even have my bachelor's degree and even though I, 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 I every day work for that, I feel that it's the, DIY stuff that really, really represent and yep. shape the the angle of what I w- how I write communications. Do you feel that's the same way too? More yeah, so yep, definitely. I mean, I I don't think I ever really fit the label mold like the corporate major label. Um, prior to working at Mercury, I worked at some smaller labels, and I really enjoyed that because they kind of had a bit more of a DIY like mentality. Um, but my last experience in the music business, you know, before going on my own was at this big, huge, you know, corporate entity. And they were all about, you know, having to go through all these proper channels. And I'm like, I just like total, I'm total DIY. I just want to be able to get in there and do what needs to be done and, you know, not have to go through 30 people to get approval. And, um, so it's definitely, this is hundred percent more my speed. Um, even right down to where, like, you know, when I started, I was really, you know, people were like, oh, you got to use contracts and stuff. And like, I don't do that. Like people, if they want me to sign something, you know, it's pretty much like handshake deals. And, um, you know, I guess that's risky at on some level, but you know, it hasn't really, uh, affected me too much. Like, you know, I try to surround myself with good people and, trustworthy people and people that are kind of in this for the same reason I do it. And, you know, I've been lucky that way. Um, but a hundred percent, like I'm all about the DIY stuff. Um, just even in terms of the bands, like there've been bands that have come to me that, you know, have gone on to do like amazing things, but if I'm not really feeling it, then my heart's not in it and it's just not fun, you know? That's awesome. So, Yeah. Is that, is that kind of how with you too, like you sort of like to work with bands that you actually dig? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I I know it's harder for me to do like, let's say album reviews because I, I want, I I don't want to put a negative spin on it. Right. I want to just do the ones that I feel that are positive that I can reflect to that. But I feel for me, it's, I love personally helping tell their story. Yeah. And, and it's extra, not just because of the podcast, but then also having tour stories and, and we, we really do have that sister relationship. And so I do feel that when I write for them, it is special and different than the other bands. So I would agree with you hundred percent for sure. Cause I mean, there's times where I've gone and covered a show and I always try to cover everything, even from the beginning to the end, regardless if I know the band or not. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, do you also in the early days, like, did you have a background of photographing or going to shows? Like, not, not really. I was just an avid reader of, you know, like I wish I was, um, 
you know, along the way that I've been doing this, I've run into so many like young kids that started out, you know, back in the day, just like literally cutting and pasting together, you know, fanzines and stuff, or, you know, later just starting blogs that sort of blew up and took off. And now a lot of these kids are like grown up and um, working at, you know, big major publications now. Um, and I look at them and I'm like, man, I should have been doing that back then. <laughs> Um, I really wasn't like a self-starter like that as a kid. I was just a, I was a huge music fan and I read a lot. So I knew a lot of like the players as far as like who the writers were and, you know, what the outlets were. And I kind of knew a lot about the industry just from reading like, you know, Rolling Stone and, you know, things like that. Um, but, you know, nowadays kids are way more, I guess, sophisticated and, they go into it like already, you know, knowing, you know, so much more than I knew when I started. Um, but if I could do it over again, yeah, I would have been more. Um, I mean, I went to a ton of shows and stuff, but I wasn't like, you know, you know, you see kids now that are like promoting shows in their local town and, you know, doing that kind of thing. And I, I really didn't go that far into it, um, but I wish I did. <laughs> So that brings me to a good point because I mean, a, a, you know, in an age where we're getting so much copy thrown at us, right, from yeah. all different areas and different platforms, and yours definitely stands out. How do you remain fresh and somewhat catchy and relevant in in a world where there's all these different other platforms yeah. or avenues? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, but I think it starts with just you know working with with great bands and bands that I think people are going to dig. And, um, you know, I think, you know, thank you for saying that. I think I'm sure there's people out there that are like, Oh, another, you know, earshot press release or whatever, <laughs> but, but we definitely have, you know, our, our supporters of, of the things that we work. And, um, I don't know. I just, you know, I think that good music speaks for itself and I'm kind of like, I mean, yeah, it's, it goes down to like relationships and people that I know. And, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but at the end of the day, it's, it's gotta be good music and you gotta find, you gotta connect the dots of like, this band is great. Who's going to dig this band. And so I think that's one thing that, you know, a good publicist is good at is kind of knowing where to go with the project you're given and knowing tastes of a lot of the different writers that we deal with. Um, you know what I mean? And like just finding cool angles and um, I'm all about, you know, content, you know, like you were saying with the Bernie Sanders thing, um, you know, when a band, a lot of times bands will be doing something cool like that and they'll, they'll kind of just tell me sort of haphazardly or, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, that's huge. Like that's newsworthy. Let's like run after that and chase it. And um, you know, so it, it's like a, it's a constant dialogue, I think, between the band and the publicists of just trying to come up with cool, interesting angles and um, trying to get your stuff to stand out. Like you said, there's just so much out there right now. Um, so, yep. So for our listeners that, you know, may not be aware or have experience hiring a publicist, can you just explain to them what exactly you do in a unique way to help support a band? From your end. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and I know like you got a lot of the bands I work with are super DIY and uh, you guys have done an amazing job of, of doing things yourself, whether it's reaching out to media and 
um, you know, setting up interviews and, and all that stuff. But at a certain point, you know, bands, and I'm sure you've felt, you've felt this yourselves, it's just like it becomes too much where it's just easier to, um, you know, you get to a certain level where you just don't have time to, to be pitching and, you know, following up with writers 5,000 times until they finally listen to something or whatever. So um, someone like myself or any publicist, you know, at a certain point when your band gets to a level where you just can't do it yourself, you would hire someone like me and we kind of do all that legwork for you. Um, you know, you're busy touring and writing music and concentrating on, you know, the art part of it. Um, and we're there to kind of relay your story to the media. And um, we're, we're basically sort of the middleman uh, between you and journalists and media and TV and blogs and all that stuff, playlist curators. Um, so we're pitching you guys, you know, any band um, looking for different outlets. We've you know, we're constantly dealing with people. So we know what, you know, writers are looking for and what's, um, you know, what might, they might be, what their tastes are and things like that. So, you know, a publicist is kind of in the trenches with these writers. So at a certain point, it does make sense to hire somebody that, that can do all that for you and, and get you to the next level. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's what I do. And, and I think, the best case scenario is like a band, you know, like Venomous Pinks, where you guys, you're super proactive and you know a lot of the writers, especially in your local scene. And, um, you know, you have this podcast. And so it's sort of like working in tandem with you guys um, to, you know, just kind of build on what you've already been able to do on your own. Um, and, you know, hopefully we did that when we worked with you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I mean, that's, I guess, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. This is a I mean, fake interview. We We're just, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> know, like, I'm like, tell me when I'm babbling. Cause I feel like I'm babbling. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is great <laughs> because I feel that there are a lot of people, a lot of people out there like myself that let's, we're the supporters. You know, and, and I said in our roundtable topic that I don't have a song. This is our song this is how we speak to the music. And so these are really great best practices, you know, for all those out there that want to find their way to sing their music without having the music. Mike, are you strictly just music or do you do like, um, I've done, yeah, I've actually done a lot of different like lifestyle stuff. I've worked with, um, you know, different authors. Um, you guys might know Miguel from Teenage Bottle Rocket. He he wrote a book, so I helped work with him on his first book, which was a lot of fun. Um, I've worked uh, other, you know, the uh, uh, a couple different books that are sort of music related or written by musicians. Um, I've done some documentaries, which were kind of music related, like the uh, it was um, Pick It Up, the the history of ska in the nineties or whatever. I don't know if you saw that, uh, documentary. I think it's on Pro- Amazon prime now. Um, and then I worked with that same director Taylor on his latest one, the, the last blockbuster, um, which is on Netflix now. But anyway, I worked with him kind of at the grassroots level of that, like, cause they were doing a Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, I've done that. I've done music festivals. I've done, um, a couple different apps and websites. I'm working with like a life, a musician life coach right now that has a, 
like a mental health for musicians podcast. So I guess that's kind of music related. Um, but yeah, I mean, music for sure usually is somehow indirectly involved. I've done stuff for like clothing companies, but usually they're clothing companies started by musicians. <laughs> right on. I know it's been a weird time. Like, how have you guys been managed? Like, what do you guys all have day jobs and stuff? Or is this? <laughs> this is what yeah. we do. <laughs> I, I work at Fender, so that's why I have all these guitars. Oh, rad. That makes sense. That's been my day job. And then all of my other projects are my side hustles I'm working on. So <laughs> yeah, right on. No. Yeah. I, to- I totally work the corporate day job from yeah. working from home right now. Just, okay. you know, oh. yeah. And, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, thank God. Right. If you just relied on the music thing, you'd be really hurting probably right now. Like for, Oh God, I'd be in the street without being able to, <laughs> without, without <laughs> being able to tour building. or anything. I know. I feel so like it's, it's rough. I and mean, you guys probably have a lot of friends that work like promoters or work at venues and stuff. And yeah. I don't know how they're coping. It's crazy. I feel so bad. Well, Arizona's been like pretty open. So like bars and yeah, well, like our close like musician friends, like they take really good care about their bars, but like right. other places are just like wide open. Are they throughout this entire thing? They've been open. Yeah. Arizona doesn't give yeah. a shit. Our governor's. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of fun. Oh man, we've I just finally went to dinner. Like I ate inside of a restaurant about a week ago for the first time in over yeah. a year. It was oh, like not weird. Yeah, it was I, I can't wait for things to I mean it seems like that's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've I'm feeling good about it that things are kind of go back to normal. I think I read that like Red Rocks is they just announced today that they're reopening maybe this summer or something. Oh, wow. For like outdoor festival, you know, shows and things. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Wait, where did you eat? Yeah. <laughs> was it a burrito? <laughs> wait, wait, what's that? What, was what? it a burrito? Sorry, that, that we'll get to that question later. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> where did you eat for the first time? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, where- we're judging oh, us. where did I go eat when I yeah. went to a restaurant? Oh, I'm like, huh? I forgot that we I were interviewing uh, We yeah. went, where did we go? I literally can't even remember. Oh, we went to this, uh, uh, what's it called? El Tarasco. It's a Mexican restaurant just down the street from my house. Yeah. That's where we went. What did you have? What did, what you did I have? I had a big ass burrito. Actually, you were right. It was a burrito. I did not just plan ask him, this. Ask him now. All right, ask all right. him now. So I do ask this one question. <laughs> yeah. To like every single, ep- and I have to preface it this because it was a joke the first time I did it, and yeah. then listeners called me out on it. So now, okay. no matter who it is, I have to ask you: if you were a burrito, what kind of burrito would you be? Sub question: What is your favorite independent spot to get a burrito at? And okay, uh, I would be a carne asada burrito. Nice. Uh, and my favorite spot is probably a place here in town. I live in Hermosa called El Gringo. I really like that. <laughs> it's nothing special. It's just they have this, um, what do they call it? It's, I think it's El Diablo burrito or something. It's like super spicy and it's freaking phenomenal. It's he- phenomenal. Is that right? Yeah, it's yeah. huge. It's awesome. What about you guys? What's your, what's uh, Arizona must have like a ton of great spots. Well, Dre and I are both breakfast burrito fans. Right. Oh, yeah. Me too. I, I should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, honestly, give me all the burritos. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm There's a couple rad breakfast burrito places nearby here. 
Um, do you guys like um with like I like the all whole, the- like the work? Are you guys ve- vegetarians? We're not, but but cast. Okay. So on yeah, the we're... road, we have to kind of be conscious. Of <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not. So like, I like it to work, <laughs> man. I cool. uh, like. There's one here that has like so- like full on like sausage in it with the eggs and the bacon, and there's like um, hash browns in it. It's amazing. Yes. Give me all yeah. the papas. <laughs> yeah. just phenomenal. I swear I didn't listeners. I did not pay him to say he ate a burrito. <laughs> this is first thing. Oh. That happened. It was magic. Yes. And then we went somewhere else after another restaurant after that, but I forget. Wow. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. We yeah. Shots yeah. of COVID vaccine. So hopefully we can <laughs> yeah. get the second one. Mm-hmm. I'm still fighting to get yeah. an appointment, but. Well, mid-April, I think they said, like, everybody will be able to get one, I think, is when they are aiming for. But Well, outside of running, you know, this great PR company, what do you like to do? Um, Well, I've got, you know, I've got a family. I've got a wife and two kids. Uh, My kids are in college. They're in their first year of college. Um, So, you know, I like to spend a lot of time with them. My daughter's in Boston right now, um, so we're missing her. Uh, got a couple dogs. I like to, you know, we haven't really seen a lot of friends during all this. So I, I miss my friends. I like going to the beach, uh, running, uh, <laughs> camping. I'm a big, I like to camp. We're into like just being outdoors, you know, hanging out in the backyard, drinking beers. That's, that's my best thing. Sitting around the campfire or the the fire pit. Yeah. Yeah. So you like long walks on the beach. Then. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much. Dig it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I always find that I haven't been running as much, but just that was always my thing is like, you're always way less stressed out after a run. So it's like, it's, it's never a bad idea to go for a run, but uh, I got to get back on that. I've been kind of like, lazy through this pandemic i've been drinking way too much and eating way too much like everyone else probably um so i gotta get back on the i gotta get back on that <laughs> i think that's like a common thing for all, yeah i mean i i'm totally there with you i was working out like five days a week i was yeah. lifting i was looking good and then yeah. pandemic happened <laughs> And I got oh. that, I got that quarantine 15. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. And now it's starting to get like sunny and hot out. And I'm just thinking, man, like, I'm not ready to like be hanging out. Like, you know, yeah. I like having to wear big winter jackets and all that. Yeah. Here not that we really need that here, but anyways, <laughs> do you guys play out here in California a lot? Or I know you've been out here a few times, but. You're starting to. Yeah. yeah. We were touring a lot with the uh, the last year. Yeah, like ne- 2019, we were yeah. like, go, 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 yeah. go. Um, we've yeah, we've played everywhere, like out there in LA, yeah. uh, Redwood, like little bars. Like, yeah. Do you guys miss touring? Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been hard. Yeah. You guys have a new record coming out soon, or? Well, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to release a live EP here in April, but we're actually working with Lynn from bad cop mm-hmm. on an album. Wow. So when, like, you know, she's producing it or you're working together, like a collaboration kind of thing. Like, yeah. So she, on it. she's, yeah. she's producing it. Oh, wow. 
That's yeah. awesome. So I'm yeah. also curious about, all right, the, the listener that's at home, that's like, I really would like to get into PR or get into, to, you know, this, this Mike, Mike C sounds like a rad cat. I would like to be like him. What do you suggest to them? Yeah, I would say, you know, just do it. Start, um, you know, really kind of immerse yourself even in your, just your local scene. Um, you know, find bands that you dig that maybe could, you know, use someone like you to, to kind of do that legwork for them. Uh, find out who all the key players are in your town, whether it's, you know, the music writer at the, you know, at the, at the new times or, you know, whatever, like every town has, you know, a, a weekly or a daily paper or some kind of music nightlife blog, um, maybe, you know, put together some writing samples and hit them up. I mean, probably something similar. Maybe that's how you got started. Mm -hmm. um, but really just, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, like it is a lot about relationships and the fact that I've been doing this so long, um, you know, helps me, but anyone can do, anyone really can do this. Um, it's just about, you know, being consistent and um, being professional. I think that weeds a lot of people out. Uh, there's a lot of people, especially when I got started that just kind of wanted to do this just cause it seemed like a cool kind of sexy job, you know, but the reality is it's a lot of work. It's a lot of long hours, um, a lot of time away, from, you know, from family and friends and things like that. Uh, when I was working at a label, it was a lot of traveling. Um, so I think if you're just like super professional and show people that, you know, you're not just there to to hang out with bands and, you know, do all the fun stuff, but you're there to like really work. Um, you know, I think you'll, you should have no tr trouble having doors open um, because people can see that because there are so many flakes in the music business. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, intern at a local record company. If there's like an indie label in your town, um, just, you know, make yourself indispensable. That's what I always tell people even if you're doing an internship, like do the work that no one else wants to do, like make it so that when you're not there, whoever the, you know, the powers that be are like, where is that person? Like, you know, it, where it's like noticeable when you're not around. Mm -hmm. So they have no reason not to hire you. <laughs> That's, that would be my advice, you know, but, and just be cool. Like, don't be an asshole. Don't, you know, don't be a kiss ass. Don't, don't be all those things that, you know, we all know not to do. Right. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Humility will get you there. It goes yep. I think a lot of people forget how much communication is involved with communicating. Like, yep. they, oh, it's just a map. I'm going to write this cool little blurb or take these yeah. photos or whatever content you put out there. But really it's, you need to communicate with the person what needs to be communicated and you need yeah. to relationships and and you're absolutely right like when i'm on when i'm on tour with them or when i've covered a show or anything else i do i try i don't have a drink until yeah the job's done right. maybe one in the beginning to make me a little on edge right. you know right. but just, just so i'm not so nervous but yeah. no you have to have that focus it's important you're there for a reason and honestly like that in itself is a high for me like yeah. not to sound cliche but that's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally true. Yeah. It's, but that, I would say that's, that's the key thing is to just, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, do your job, do it well, be cool to people, uh, make it so people want to work with you. 
um, you know, it, it, word travels fast. I've worked with a lot of, luckily now, not so much because I kind of know who to avoid and, you know, what, <laughs> you know, certain people's like reputations kind of, you know, uh, follow them around. So, you know, who to steer clear of, but, um, you know, if you're, if you're a dick, like people are not going to want to work with you. Um, and that goes for a publicist or a label or a manager or a band, you know, so just, yeah, just, just be like a cool, normal person. That's not, you know, not shady. That's what I would say. <laughs> or just to be a normal human being. Nobody wants yeah, to just, be like, I, exactly. with, with you. Just don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> totally. But then going back to your point too, is like, there is so much more than just whether you're a writer or a band or a publicist or trying to make your way in the music business somehow, like um, it's one thing to be good at your job, but you also got to kind of know how to market yourself. And I know that's hard for a lot of people. Um, like I, I talk to people all the time on like, so people on will be like, I, you know, I feel weird about like promoting myself on social media or, you know, sharing the cool things that I'm doing or whatever. And I'm like, why? Like no one else is going to do it. You got to do it yourself, you know? Um, so, you know, if you're doing cool shit, whether that's your band or your business or whatever, you got to let people know about it. Um, but do it in a way that's not, you know, showy and, you know, braggy or whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, we're all in the same boat. You just got to like toot your own horn a little bit. It's something I definitely need to work on. Cause like, I love doing it for other people, but yeah, great advice. Thank yeah. You. I mean, it is, it's hard to do it for yourself, but you know, you kind of have to, especially now there's just so much noise out there. There's so much, you know, stuff on social media that like, no one's really going to know what you're up to unless you kind of, you know, shout it from the rooftops a little bit. <laughs> Mike, true or false. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Um, I say that's <laughs> false for sure. Uh, you know, I think, um, and there's all those sayings like, Hey, you know, as long, who cares what they write, as long as they spell my name, right. Or whatever. Um, but no, I mean, let's face it. Who's like embroiled in like a big controversy right now. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've worked with a few, but I don't know. Who's that guy that's being accused of like being a cannibal or whatever. Oh Have my you heard God. about that one, that actor, like oh. that's not good press. <laughs> <laughs> noted yeah. no there's like some actor that's like being a kid and then you know just whatever like there's there to a certain degree you know if if you you know want some notoriety i guess there you know you can kind of you can kind of go with that train of thought but overall i think that yeah there there definitely is bad publicity yeah so <laughs> have you gotten those calls like like bro i just got called out as a cannibal <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> could you help me what do um, we do what do we do <laughs> like what do you do at that point or yeah i've definitely had situations where you know you wake up and you think your day is going to go one way and you know whether it's a band or label calling like just so you know the story just came out or you know blah 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 and uh you know, I've, I've had instances where, you know, a band member was called out online by, you know, some shady stuff they did or whatever. And it's, you know, it's really hard to kind of navigate that because, you know, you got to kind of wait and see how things play out and if it's even true and, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm talking about like, I had a guy 
I mean, I shouldn't really get too deep into it because everyone will know who it is, but um, that was like uh, accused of like putting things online for sale and then not, mm. not oh. receiving the money and not, <laughs> not, uh, not actually sending the product that he was selling. Um, things like that, you know, and that's, that's some shady stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, I wouldn't say we're in the business of like high profile, you know, damage control type stuff, but, um, we've definitely had things where we've had to really kind of go into damage control mode and, um, you know, and there's certain times where it's just like, okay, this is bad news. There's no way around it. Like, I don't want anything to do with this artist or this band if they did something like truly atrocious um but then there there have been other times where it is a misunderstanding or whatever and you kind of have to kind of help them navigate that and get the word out and set the story straight um but yeah that's that's tricky no one ever likes those kind of calls like yeah like i said your clients are cannibal <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. so there is times that you definitely abide by your own moral compass and are like, you know what, I'm good. I don't need this professional relationship anymore. And you kind of, oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely have moments where, um, or even just when someone's coming to you about a project, if it's something you don't really, you know, believe in, or yeah. they don't, you know, uh, agree with, you know, they just politically minded, you know, different, which I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, the moral police or anything, you know, but at the same time, if, if they're like, you know, I can't hate, yeah, if they're like part of a, a hate group or something. Yeah. I'm not going right. to work with them. I love yeah. that. I love that. So, yeah. so do you, is it just a team of you or is, is there? Yeah. Uh, along the way I did have, I've had a couple people working with me, actually, Tony Shrum, who used to be at new noise. Uh, he still is, I think at new noise. Um, he used to work with me. Uh, are you while. hiring? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for people, free. <laughs> yeah, sadly, not at the moment, but uh, and I get people asking all the time, and I, I hope that at some point I, I can bring someone on. And honestly, like, I feel like that's probably going to come sooner than later because I've been super busy. Uh, but off and on, I have had uh, I had this other guy, Jose Martinez, who worked with me for several years. Um, but you know, I, I find that, um, even though it's like nuts and crazy, uh, I am able to kind of, and I think my, my record label industry helped me with that is I'm able to kind of juggle like a million different things. Um, and even though I get stressed out, I'm still able, you know, people are sometimes amazed, like how many different projects I'm working at any given time. And somehow I'm able to kind of multitask, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm able to keep it going. <laughs> Well, I was going to, well, that's a great, great, great topic to touch on. So is there certain like software or products that you use to help keep you organized? I know that any, a lot of our listeners, they're creatives or musicians. And I know all of us are juggling a, a lot of things on our yeah, own. Yeah. What, what do you do? What are some of your best practices? Yeah, I know there's things I could be doing, you know, there's technology out there that could really help me, um, kind of be more organized, but, you know, I'm a big Google Sheets guy. Um, I'm a big, uh, you know, I use Mad Mimi for all our like press releases and things, but it, it's kind of like a constant contact or uh, um, uh, what's the other one? I don't know. There's a bunch of 
different ones out there, but Mad Mimi, I use a ton to put all my press releases together and it holds all my media contacts in there. I used to be a big FileMaker Pro guy for my database, but I kind of switched that over. But yeah, I mean, I'm not like, honestly, I know enough to get by, but I'm not like super tech savvy. (laughs) So sometimes I think it would be great to have, you know, some young, like, you know, computer genius that could... uh, (laughs) Streamline, is it? Nice. Well, I maybe hear you up. She'll intern, She'll intern for you. I will totally do it for free. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I could pay you for your time, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there, you know, the, the, just in terms of like scheduling things and, yeah. and just keeping track of, you know, deadlines and all that. I don't know. I, I that's something we should talk about. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I recently stepped into admin for them too, but oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I've done that's, a lot. that's awesome. Yeah, but one of my questions, I'm like, I'm on my interview right now. <laughs> I know. I, I was show you my portfolio. Toot your own horn, Angela. That's what he <laughs> yes. says. All that's right. right. I, I was interviewing earlier with Gabby for her clothing line. So. Nice, yep. nice. <laughs> well. I do have my bachelor's degree in English with a journalism focus with a photography background. No, I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. I do. I do. <laughs> I'm really yeah. good. 10 years experience. Anyway, back to what <laughs> we're originally talking about. Um, so when you're looking through press releases, because sometimes you write the press releases for the bands, correct? Or, yeah. or uh, but then other times you get them from people yeah. and I'm sure you probably have to edit what they write or add to that. What makes a good press release versus what are some things to avoid? Um, I, you know, honestly, I, I'm a fan of like just brevity. (laughs) Um, I think that some people get too worried, especially with it's like a younger, newer kind of developing act and they'll hand me this like three page bio and it's just like, okay, you guys, there's no way that you even have that much history. That's that interesting to anybody. So I think, (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, shorten that shit because <laughs> if you can make it shorter and just kind of stick to the basics and, you know, a lot of, a lot of press releases use this super like flowery language and, um, you know, really just these grandiose comparisons, like, you know, comparing, I don't know, some like local band with 10 followers, you know, saying, you know, comparing themselves to the Beatles, you know, that kind of stuff is like a big turnoff. Um, so I think, you know, I'm a publicist. I, I'm kind of, you know, I mean, I wish I was a full on like journalist that could do like these gnarly, you know, in-depth pieces on an artist, but my job is to just convey kind of the basic information and let the writer, you know, to give them a framework that they can use to kind of write their piece. So, uh, for me, that's, I'm more about that, like kind of more basic who, what, when, why, um, and, and yeah, I mean, sometimes we'll write the press release, you know, from the ground up. Sometimes the band will present something that they already have written up and we'll kind of tweak it um, or we'll help them. We'll pair them up with a, a bio writer. You know, we've got a bunch of writer bio writers that we work with, um, you know, and there's a lot that charge a lot. And then there's some, you know, other ones that um, charge a little less that are maybe just getting their, you know, their feet wet in the in the bio writing department um so yeah i mean that's i would say those are the things to avoid is just make them make them super long uh a little too you know pretentious that's always not good i think 
too wordy, all that stuff. And to know your audience, right? So like, yeah, use like some of that jargon. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, if I don't know, just, it, you know, it helps too to, I'm kind of a fan of the whole, like for fans of thing. Um, because I think, I think writers like it too. Um, but you got to be really careful to make sure you pick artists that actually, you know, I mean, actually makes sense because <laughs> yeah. if you pick the wrong artist to tell people, like, if you're a fan of this, you'll dig this, uh, you know, they, they may immediately like write it off as something. So, but I do think it helps kind of just give people sort of an idea of what this band's all about. If you can give them kind of a few reference points. Um, so I, I kind of like that. We don't always use it, but you know, we, we occasionally do. Um, and I usually would consult with the band, like who do you guys think you guys could be sort of like not lumped in with, but you know, Pals. If, if people had to compare you, yeah. like what kind of bands, where are you guys coming from? Who are your influences? That kind of thing. Um, you know, and you definitely don't want to convey a band in a way they don't want to be conveyed. So, um, we're always, you know, making sure that we're uh, running everything by the band or management to kind of make sure that everyone's happy with it before it goes out. So <laughs> you're constantly getting new bands thrown at you. What is some new music that we should check out? Yeah, I knew that question was coming. I kind of wrote some. <laughs> I always go blank when I, nice. I always go blank when people ask me. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing all the wiretap record stuff, and they've just been very consistent with just putting out so much great stuff. Um, there's a band called Space Cadet. That's uh, the two guys from the Explosion, um, and uh, Pete from Bouncing Souls produced the record. It just came out last week. It's amazing. So good. Um, kind of almost like has these like Brit pop elements to it. It's just very like, I don't know. It's just, it's almost like they just like rated my record collection. It's just really phenomenal stuff. Check that record out if you haven't heard it. Um, and then who else they've got, uh, they just announced a new band called, uh, the Moldy Roses, uh, from Orange County. They've got a band called Rundown Creeps, kind of a ska sort of punk thing. Um, I'm working with Thousand Island Records out of uh, Canada. They've got Belvedere and uh, Chaser and uh, who else am I working with those guys? Uh, oh, Authority Zero, which I think you guys are friends with. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We, we're. Uh, I think that was like my opening email to you. I was like, hey, yeah. my friend Jason. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Flip that in. Um, I'm I'm kind of legit. Like I know him. <laughs> no, you totally are legit. It works. Um, I know. I was so stoked to to the, when I got that email. I love that when I hear from bands because I wasn't like I'd seen your guys' name around, but I wasn't super familiar. And I just immediately dug what you guys were doing and what you're all about. Um, but yeah, I mean, I tend to listen to mostly. Honestly, I mean, luckily, I like the stuff that I'm working because. Um, I genuinely do like it. And so I tend to listen mostly to the stuff that I'm working, but I'm working with a ton of labels, Mutant League out of Chicago. They're kind of like, they do a lot of punk stuff, pop punk, emo, that kind of thing. Uh, Spartan Records. We've got a band called Assertion. That's uh, William Goldsmith. He was a, a founding uh, member of Foo Fighters and Sunny Day Real Estate. Uh, he's got a new band and it's, killer so good I, I should send you guys the link uh yeah. comes out next friday 
So yeah, I'm just, I'm constantly busy. I mean, I've got a lot going on. A band called Slow Crush out of Belgium, kind of shoegaze stuff. Um, so it's sort of like all over the place. Um, a lot of punk rock, a lot of pop punk, indie rock. You know, I've got a singer songwriter, um, kind of all over the place, but yeah. Earlier today, he was like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> music, blah, blah. But we like to talk about like paranormal stuff too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you ever, ex- do you have any stories, any, anything that's ever happened? Are you a believer? I, yeah. It's funny. I was talking to my wife cause she, she's kind of the one that's more have, has had those experiences, but she did remind me of something. I don't know if this is paranormal, but uh, we were in Hawaii once with my brother and his family and we rented a car we rented a Jeep and we came out to go to the car in the morning to like go drive around and, you know, do some sightseeing or whatever. And we found a, like an owl, just a beautiful dead owl that was like totally just perfectly placed on the seat. Um, Cause the car was all open and everything. And so we were kind of like, Oh my God, like what the hell? Um, and so we called the, you know, the security staff or whatever to, to see what was going on there. And the guys were all freaked out. They were like, Oh my God. And the, the, you know, we, we were kind of startled by their reaction. And apparently they, I guess in the Hawaiian culture, um, owls, they're called pueos, I think is what they're called. Um, they're, and I think a lot of cultures see owls as kind of like your whether your ancestors or family members that have passed on that are kind of watching out for you. Um, but it was just, and I don't know if that would be really paranormal, but that uh, was, yeah, that's, that's definitely, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just so wow. random. Cause it was, it wasn't like the owl, you know, crashed and looked, you know, like he was injured or went through some kind of trauma. He was just like, literally just like carefully placed on the seat of the car. Um, and those guys were so freaked out. Cause I, I guess it's kind of like the owls, this like revered thing there in, you know, in that culture. Um, so that was weird. And we, um, yeah, so we, we kind of tripped out on that. And then like my wife's family, they have a, uh, <laughs> sorry, am I going on too long on that? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wife's family, they live up in Ventura County, which is, you know, just, south of los angeles um apparently their home is built on like a native american like burial ground or something and so they've had a lot of weird instances of like doors slamming and things moving and apparently they've seen and a lot of people in their in their neighborhood have seen the same like the shadowy figure of a guy with like a hat on and um, stuff like that (laughs) so like and my my niece my my uh my sister-in-law's daughter, she is the one that has really had the most encounters there. And so um, I think they've kind of like come to, you know, to peace with it, but it still kind of freaks them all out. They've all had different experiences and they're all very similar. Um, So that's, that's really it. I haven't really myself had that many experiences like that, but um, what's the craziest one someone's told you guys on the show so far? Well, wait, 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 hold wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. Follow yeah. up question. <laughs> what color was the owl? It was actually, I think it was white. Oh. I think it was white. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Why, white owl? I'll tell him. Oh, the white owls are like aliens, aren't they? Like fucking extraterrestrial. 
I fucking hate owls because uh, yeah. I, what was it? Was <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Don't put this in their next press release. Yes. Yeah, so like- <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate owls. Yes, I fucking hate owls. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> like the fourth kind of this uh ufo movie like at at 3 30 in the morning she would look out the window and there was always that creepy fucking white owl and then like aliens used to come so now i can't look at a fucking owl because i hate them and oh. it, it creeps me out so all the owls they creep me the fuck out and you yeah one dent in your car that's fucking weird yeah it was it was nuts yeah, I, I have to verify with my wife but i swear i remember it being just this beautiful like pristine owl mm. just looked very peaceful just sitting there i don't even remember i think the guys had to move it um but we came home and we did all this research and if you google it you know the white owl or i don't know if it's the white owl but an owl is like very much seen as like a protector and kind of shows up when they're, you know, it's like a sign that, you know, a loved one's watching out for you or, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, my father had passed away and my wife's father had passed away. So I don't know. I don't know if you kind of like read into okay. it, you know, when stuff like that happens, but I like to think of it as that it was there for a reason, you know, for sure. Yeah, that, for sure. that just wasn't a coincidence either. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, it's kind of, you know, it's comforting to hear like in Hawaiian culture, that's like, you know, it's like a positive thing yeah. because, you know, being from Arizona, we're close to the Navajo Nation out here and uh-huh. owls is like a big like they do. Just, they don't oh, really? they don't like they don't like owls and like really owls. <laughs> they're they're seen as like an evil thing like death. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Oh. But um, but it, you know owls mean different things yeah. in different cultures like so right let's just we're gonna say it was the Hawaiian <laughs> thing <laughs> oh, so that's how it is we're that you're under their rules that's- yeah they're they're a trip and then we you know we were in the desert like Palm Springs and we saw an owl in the tree and I because up oh. till then maybe like at a zoo or something I'd seen one but the only other time was when I saw that dead owl so it was weird to see like a live owl in a tree and. Um, I don't know. I just always That's think amazing. of the I always think of the Tootsie Pop owl. Remember that? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Are you guys? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I just turned forty. So. Oh, there you go. Right on. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The other thing that you said was that they see a man like a shadow with a hat on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking it's Hat Man. Yeah. Which <laughs> I don't know who's that. <laughs> Hat man. Um, well, okay. Do you know the hat they see? Is it more of like a fedora looking hat? Yeah. she. It, they say it's like kind of like a cowboy hat. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I guess that could be a fedora. I don't know. I mean, how, how old, how old is she? Uh, the niece. Yeah. She's like in her mid thirties, I think. Okay. Early, <laughs> early thirties. But she saw this like growing up because the, the mom still lives in that house. Um, and so even now they'll say they see weird things, but but as a teen, she used to see it a lot too. Wow. Um, but it's it's weird because it's not just their house, it's all the they live in a cul-de-sac. And like a lot of the homes, the people that live in the homes in that same neighborhood of they you know, they get together for block parties and stuff. And like a, a lot of them have had the same kind of experience. Yeah. Just a total trip. Yeah. 
It's almost like the that movie Poltergeist. I was gonna say. <laughs> totally. In oh, fact, I, I think I, I want to say yeah. Poltergeist was filmed in Simi Valley. I want to say, yeah, which is really close yeah. to where they live. Oh shit! Um, because they live in Moore Park, which is in Ventura County. But, anyways, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. <laughs> oh, so I God. don't really have any any crazy. No, I that's story. pretty that's pretty legit, dude. I don't yeah. know. You got a one. You got a one on. That. I like watching those. Well, actually, my wife's super into like I don't know ghost hunters and things like that. Yeah. She's super into the whole like spiritual realm and then all that. <laughs> she leaves like crystals and water out for like the full moon and all those kind of things but whatever thank you too. <laughs> you guys do that yeah that's yeah. awesome Mike, you, could, you could put that in the press release mike's, yes. mike's like babe what are you, babe what are you doing with those damn crystals <laughs> i know i have i've like been calling for her sometimes and she'll be like oh there you go that's awesome <laughs> Sometimes she'll walk around the house and she'll pull something out of like her bra and she she puts the crystals like in her bra, just walking around the house. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's just convenient. As I pop one out of my bra. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah. So she's always and then she sages the house and does all that stuff. Yeah. But I am kind of starting to get into it. It's you know, at first I was like, what is this? But now I'm like slowly kind of starting to want to know more about it. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, something like for me in 2020, I kind of like was more open to was like kind of just discovering what does that really mean? And what do I really believe in? Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like I was kind of like the same way. I was like, what the hell are these like crystals and stones or whatever? But um, I recently bought a pouch that has like black tourmaline in it. And it's for, you know, ward, warding off like negative energy. And so I get really bad anxiety at night mm-hmm. and I'll hold it in my hand. And I swear, like, it really does like just calm me down. But I, that's, that's just awesome. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever works. I mean, I, we just bought a weighted blanket. <laughs> you ever tried those? Have you heard about that? I Let's heard about, I always wait, wanted one. What? The weighted blanket. It's, uh, it's supposed to be really good for anxiety and, um, some people have said they are because I get really hot at night, but we bought I bought a cooling one that doesn't make you hot. And it's amazing. I literally use it every night. It's like it feels like someone's just like, you know how like it feels good to be like hugged or like oh. have something like heavy on you. <laughs> like it yeah. just is very like soothing. You almost feel like you're in a cocoon. And it's Except weird because I never it. thought it was something that I would like or like respond to. But I've been sleeping really good with it. I dig it. Got to look into it. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Yes. Yeah. Cool blanket. But I kind of feel like I'm like with you. I, I feel like I've been in sort of, and maybe it's my wife's stuff kind of rubbing off on me, but I feel like I'm kind of seeking more like spiritual, uh, not guy, you know, and I don't even mean like religious. I just mean yeah. more like feeling like, you know, just the whole thing, the idea of like manifesting things and all that. And just, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like, I mean, how can that be bad? <laughs> you know, like attracts like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like how we're all talking about this right now. We never knew. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, I think it's also the sign of the times too. I mean, we've (laughs) gone, we're going through a huge pandemic and we're starting to see the other side of it. But I mean, even if people weren't directly impacted, you have to admit, even even the crazy non-believers, if there's still some out there, you they're changed. Everyone's changed. And so yeah, yeah. there is definitely a shift. And so mm-hmm. we have to figure out ways to focus on. And that's what I kind of touched on before we brought you on, because I often struggle, you know, with mental health and anxiety and depression going back and forth. And so that power PMA is that you know, that's something we always preach and it's hard. It's hard to, it's easy to say it, but it's another thing to feel it. So yep. I think that's great that you're, you've taken steps in order to do that because you can be completely happy with yourself and your situation, but still struggle. And I think yeah. mental health needs to be more normal sized and, and yeah. I'm really grateful for different platforms that are starting to talk more and more like that about it. And I think it's important. These discussions need to be had a hundred percent. Um, and I've noticed like, it's hard for me to, or even like meditating or anything. Like I'm just, I never have the right time to do it. So I've, I've, it sounds lame, but like lately, probably for the past week, uh, in the shower (laughs) is when I like sit and I'll do like, I'll kind of like say like different mantras, you know, just kind of get you psyched up for the day. And just sort of that idea of like putting out good things and, you know, and, and trying to attract, you know, positive things. And, um, and then I wrap it all up by someone else told me that, um, that what they do is, you know, I tend to take like kind of a warm, hot shower. And then the last like 10 seconds, I just turn the water to cold, like freezing cold. And I'll just sit there for like five to 10 seconds and just be in the cold. And it immediately like snaps you and like wakes you up. And I just find that when I don't do that, I'm completely like tired and still kind of just not quite like at my best yet. So I'm trying to make that like my new thing, but try it sometime. It's amazing. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. from, I mean, I could see how that does work with hydrotherapy and everything else too. So that's it's awesome. Cool. Cause I mean, if you were to stand in the cold shower for, you know, it, of course it's, you wouldn't be able to do it, but if you're like, you know, you're already hot and warm from the, from the shower, Turn it to call it for just even five seconds. And it completely like, it's like, I've been in, you know, you get out of the shower and you're just like in a great mood. You're ready to start the day. You're kind of like pumped from whatever, all the mantra stuff I was saying to myself. But anyway, that's kind of my new routine and I'm digging it. Uh, Real quick. What are some mantras that you could, you could share for the listeners? Yes, please. Mantras. I don't know. I mean, my thing really, um, one of my things has been like to be kind to myself, which sounds weird, but it's, um, it's crazy because you don't really think about it. You know, like I try to be, you know, there for everybody else, but you don't really sometimes, you know, or I find myself running through things throughout my day that I could have done or said better or, you know, just with work stuff that maybe didn't go so great, you know, kind of replaying all these things and you sort of beat yourself up about things. And so that's been my new thing is to just kind of release that and like, let it go and not have that carry over into, you know, your other interactions with people. So that's been a big one. Um, And then just like, you know, just be open to the universe kind of thing. I don't really have like one that is sort of like, I kind of make them up as I go along, 
but I've been, you know, reading all these things about, you know, whether like, have you guys read the secret, the book, the secret, um, stuff like that. And I follow them on Twitter. So if something comes across my feed, um, just, you know, the idea of like anything, whether it's health or money or financial stuff, like if you worry about those things, then you tend to bring on negative stuff. But if you think positively about, you know, be thankful for your health and like more good health will come your way. If you're, if you're kind of like stressing on money, like your money problems are going to follow you. You know, that that's kind of the whole idea is to just be like, um, I don't know, just kind of changing your mindset, you know, about all those things and being appreciative of everything. And I just kind of feel like that will bring more good things. I don't know. I'm kind of like, lame with this stuff but whatever (laughs) i think that's amazing yeah i just i don't know i feel like you just gave me advice (laughs) something i've been working with too it's it's hard i think when you're a person that supports other people it's easy to forget about giving back to yourself so i think yeah and even just like finding time to act like especially now like we were talking i haven't really been exercising or eating that great or you know you just kind of got to just you know be kind to yourself and even that regard like what you're doing to your body and what you're putting in your body and you know um so just taking that time out to you know make sure you're all right and checking in with yourself and um i don't know i that's something i never did i was not a person that was even cognizant of that thing and i feel like slowly i'm kind of changing my mindset a little bit and thinking more spiritually i was brought up catholic so yeah. um <laughs> yeah all of us all of us yeah <laughs> so we're all kind of trying to undo that you know but yeah pretty much yes exactly <laughs> oh, those are huge mind blowing stuff that's yeah. pretty great thank you uh real quick go ahead and uh plug your social media and if i'm in a band how can i find you yeah um Probably, I mean, you can go to earshopmedia.com. Uh, you can go to facebook.com backslash earshopmedia. Um, you can find us on Instagram, earshopmedia, you know, all the usual places. Um, Mike at earshopmedia.com is my email address. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook or whatever. I'm around. I'm, I'm approachable. Um, and if you hit me up and I dig your music, I mean, there's no reason why, you know, I wouldn't be open to working with you guys or whoever it is out there. Um, always looking for new stuff. So yeah, this was fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, it was yeah. great. So many feels. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we freaking love working with you and seriously can't wait till the next one. Yeah. It's just. You, Likewise. You've been great to work with and it's been, I'm, I feel very humble that you, you were like, yes, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I loved working with you guys. I, I love what you're all about and you guys seem like great, great people. And I'm all about that. So yeah, good stuff. And you know, once, once we're all vaccinated and things are like quote back to normal, we'll, hopefully we'll see you out yes. on the road and we'll, we'll do like, you know, real hugs and real get hugs, burrito. some burritos. burritos. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm down. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Mike.
remember to head over to the website soundsistersaz.com to read up on our guests and view pictures and videos mentioned in this episode. Go to Facebook and like us. Instagram to follow us at soundsistersaz. Check out our kooky sister podcast called Grave Sisters, located under the Sound Sisters platform on all streaming platforms. Check out older episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play and leave us a review. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We have new t-shirts on our merch shop over on the website, so go get one. Once again, thank you everybody who still supports the Sound Sister podcast. It really does mean everything to us. You know, on that note, this is your host, Dre Adal, signing off with my lovely ladies, reminding you to keep your eyes on the prize, always do your best, and wash your hands. Thank you. Good night. Bye!